Vibrational Medicine is a podcast to bring awareness to the various natural wellness practices and treatments available. I am your host, Ash Neumeister, and these conversations are born out of my curiosity to learn more about the technologies available to us to stay in our optimal, vital, healthy, and natural state for our entire life, regardless of aging and all of the challenges of living in our modern day world. We will discuss topics covering how to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit. Let's take a moment for one deep breath and then enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the second episode of Vibrational Medicine with Ash. Today, I got to interview one of my main mentors and teachers in the field of sound healing, and his name is Wayne Perry. He's really an OG of sound healing. He's been doing it since 92 and has opened the Sound Therapy Center of Los Angeles and really has a intimate knowledge of the power of using your own voice as a sound healing instrument. He's healed himself of many different ailments, which we talk about in the podcast. And he shares a lot about how we can use our own voice to really support us in our optimal health and wellness. And we talk about things like how sound can really help us move emotions and it can be this cleansing and purifying process and how sometimes it might be easier for women than men and why that is and also how to start using your own voice for self-healing you know where do you even start in this field and what it means when we say that we all have our own unique signature frequency and our own unique sound so i hope that you enjoy this conversation and if you want to learn more I highly recommend getting Wayne's book it's called sound medicine the complete guide to healing with sound and the human voice you can find more information on his website at wayneperry.com as well and if you find value in this podcast please share it with a friend leave a comment leave a review I really do appreciate it thank you all right So today I'm super excited to be interviewing Wayne Perry, who is actually one of my mentors and one of my main teachers that I learned a lot about in the field of sound healing. And, you know, he focuses mainly on using your own voice as a sound healing instrument and becoming your own healer in that way of using your own voice. And I'm going to let him speak a little bit more about his experience and how he got into this. But I'm really excited for this interview and super honored to have you be a part of this podcast where I'm really just focusing on bringing awareness, you know, of these different modalities that support us in maintaining health and wellness in the whole person, right? And focusing on these different tools that we have that can really support us in maintaining a high vibration and addressing these issues that happen in our other bodies before it manifests into the physical body. And sound healing is a really powerful tool for that, as well as once it gets into the physical body, how you can also work with it on that level. So I would love to start uh, with you, Wayne, just sharing a little bit about your background and maybe a little bit of 
how you got into sound healing and share some of your, your story of how you've used it in your own life. And I know you have an amazing story. So, um, yeah, just sharing a little bit about that. Well, that's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But first of all, thank you for the nice introduction. And I'm happy to be of service and support to people interested in uh, self-empowerment, sound healing, self-healing, self-awareness, and uh, uh, particularly happy to support you. You've been a good friend, and I know that you walk your talk and that you're a, a good example of this work. And so I'm always happy to support you in any way I can. Thank you. So uh, let's see, how did I get started into this? Actually, I came out to California from Chicago as a in search of the proverbial record deal as a singer, songwriter, and recording artist. And I uh, found I didn't much like the music business. It was even probably more commercial than Chicago. So I wound up in radio. I mean, I was still performing music, but I developed a couple of radio shows that I was producing and hosting and uh, Attention A&R, the best in LA's unsigned talent. And I was doing music as a disc jockey, and then I had a talk show. So kind of my favorite of five different shows I was involved with was, was Heart Touch, which was an interview show where I interviewed like alternative healers and shamans and anybody kind of on the cutting edge of consciousness, so to speak, because that's where I've lived most of my life and my interests are about. And um, <clears throat> it was like a kidney candy store. I would pre-screen my guests in my living room before I had them on the air and I had people channeling Sananda in my living room couch and, and uh, didgeridoo players from Australia and shamans. It was, <clears throat> it was fun. Uh, but something changed when I met the founder of Bioacoustics. And uh, Bioacoustics, by the way, is the study of the frequencies that emanate from living organisms. And uh, uh, she was doing a workshop here and wound up uh, the second or third time she was a guest on my show, inviting me to this first training workshop at the old Pacific Hotel in Culver City. And uh, I was so fascinated. I'd seen videos. I was initially very skeptical about sound healing, being able to heal people with cancer and environmental illnesses and serious disease. And I was, I guess you could say a lot more cynical than being kind of a, a radio journalist and whatnot. And uh, but then when I looked at videos and I contacted some of these people and ran across some amazing stories and healings, I said, this this is too interesting to pass up. So I got my butt up early in the morning and got to this training. She had invited me to this training. I was one of like 17 people in this class. And it was so much to wrap my mind around the, the frequencies of the periodic table and just a lot of scientific information. I, I just couldn't you know, grok it all in one uh, intensive uh, week-long workshop. So I actually went to Phoenix the following month to do the training again because it was just, I just thought it felt so important. And then after that, I really had a handle on it and I it kind of changed my life. I, I wound up canceling four of the shows I was producing on KCLA and the radio show. I was, I just kept hard touch the talk show and um, and I broke up my band that was performing and I really put my time and energy into learning and doing uh, sound healing and I did it for free for the first five or six months 
I printed up some business cards and flyers and whatnot and, uh, and just, you know, learn as you go and practice by learning the diagnostic uh, analysis and the therapeutic stuff. And, uh, you know, I just loved it. When I saw people getting benefits from it, I got even more excited. And because uh, I had my own concerns, I had at the time chronic kidney stones that I had suffered with back when I lived in Chicago for six or seven years. Every year, like clockwork, I go through this pain because I refused to have surgery. And I learned, you know, some alternative ways of using vitamin B6 and magnesium to soften and shrink the stones so I could pass them. And this is what I was doing every year in the fall, like clockwork. But it was very painful going seven, eight and nine weeks to passing a kidney stone. And so I got into the sound. I Next time I had my uh, attack, a few months after I did the training, I got a kidney stone attack. I'm in pain. I said, okay, great. I go to my sound machine. I'm dialing in my frequencies from my diagnostic analysis and doing everything. And I'm getting no benefit at all from the, you know, from the pain. And so I didn't know what to do. I just eventually gave up, frustrated, thinking about, Socrates, whoever said physician, heal thyself. I felt like a failure, even though I'm not a physician. But anyway, I got on my bed and started meditating, <clears throat> doing some yoga breathing. That's all I knew to do to help relieve the pain. And as I'm sitting there meditating, I start hearing this weird sound, like it's coming from behind me. But I'm leaning against the wall, and there's nothing behind the wall. And then I, I realize the sound's coming from me, from my voice. And it was unlike anything I'd ever done as a singer. And I said, what the heck is going on? And it, like, it sounded like it was behind me. So I just kind of went with it and listening to myself making these weird tones, which I subsequently later learned was harmonics. I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never read a book on toning or anything like that. I was just studying kind of the scientific and new physics approach to sound uh, medicine, as it were. But anyway, I just kept going with the sound. And... Uh, and then for maybe 20 minutes, then it'd stop and I'd continue meditating. And then it, <clears throat> my voice would start going again, almost like it was playing my body like an instrument or something. It was very unusual. And um, then after about an hour, I had to get up to use the bathroom. And I, I get up and I'm standing there, you know, taking a leak. <laughs> and as I'm going, I feel this twinge of, you know, minor pain, not anything major. And mm -hmm. I realized I passed the stone into the toilet, but I wasn't sure. I couldn't believe it. I actually fished it out of the toilet. They oh, went to UCLA Medical Center with this little stone wrapped in toilet paper, and they checked it out, a little tiny thing, and sent it to a chemist, and it was analyzed and told to be calcium oxalate, which is what most kidney stones are. Some of them are uric acid, but the majority of them are calcium oxalate, which was mine. And, and then they did an x-ray and they said, no, there's no stone in your kidney. You did pass your stone. So that inspired me, you know, to, you know, use sound, but the machine didn't seem to help me. It would seem to be my voice. So I started experimenting, start initially with a couple clients that trusted me. And instead of coming for their treatment with the sound machine, I asked them if they'd like to try something new and kind of weird. And they said, sure, you know, they trusted me. And I just put them on my couch and I toned into their cranium and spinal column and, and with the intention of helping release their pain. And they had two different difficulties. They didn't really know each other. But anyway, both ladies got better in the subsequent weeks. In fact, the next time they came for a visit, they, they, they both independently said, 
instead of the machine, could you do that weird thing with your voice again? <laughs> and I said, yeah, and I started to feel a little validated. Uh, <clears throat> and of course, both of those women healed their issues in the subsequent weeks after that. And that gave me more validation. And I just started, then I started reading up on toning and harmonics and different things and realized that mm -hmm. there was a science to it and the new physics kind of supported it. And then I learned in my own manual, which was pretty heavy, I hadn't read every single page in detail in there. I find in the manual some research that showed that the sound machine I was using was the most effective of all the sound machines out there, but it was like third or fourth in relationship to the human voice, that mm -hmm. the most powerful healing uh, element in people that they researched using um, blood pressure monitoring, uh, oxygen saturation, and brainwave studies, those three criteria they found, and using all sorts of sounds, industrial sounds, musical sounds, uh, sound machines, tone generators, environmental sounds, every conceivable sound. And at the end of the research, uh, after like a 60-day period, they found that the body was most profoundly affected by the multiples and harmonics and overtones within the human voice. And that like had a, a big effect on me. Not initially positive, although eventually it was positive, but initially I said, God, I spent $4,000 on this sound machine and some <laughs> speakers, and they're not working, you know, and, and they're like fourth in effectiveness. And so, you know, I quest queried these scientists and said, well, <clears throat> it states right here in your own bioacoustic manual that the human voice is the most powerful healing instrument. Why aren't you <clears throat> working with the voice or helping people to do that instead of the machine? And then the answer they gave me was really what changed my career they said well you know that we're trying to have create a unified field theory that we can reproduce in the laboratory blah 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 a lot of psychobabble and then the second part of the answer really flummoxed me which was that that uh, people are impressed with blinking red lights and the view meters and technology they're they they're not so impressed with the human voice. Mm. You know, it's like taking our breathing for granted. We take the human voice for granted. And so then they went on with some more psychobabble. But I mean, those two reasons just were not satisfactory to me. So <clears throat> my sound machine within the next month went into storage and I started using my voice. And then uh, one thing led to another. Long story short, I created the Cosmic Choir, my first music CD with all harmonics, uh, no words or melodies, kind of a sonic tapestry in all 12 keys. And <clears throat> I didn't know if it would be a benefit for people, but I put it out back in, I think it was 1993. Mm -hmm. And uh, to my surprise, I got hundreds of testimonials. The one I remember most was this woman who was a professor at a college PhD, and she had gangrene and was going in for surgery to remove her leg from below the knee down and she said she was listening to the cosmic choir every day constantly before the surgery and it healed the gangrene actually disappeared and she didn't have to have her leg amputated i mean i couldn't even believe what i was reading in this letter yeah and uh and that was the first one really the only strong unusual testimonial but i got enough to keep me going and kind of fan the flames and that's <laughs> kind of how it all started i've got Tons of stories in between there, then and now, but uh, whatever. Right. We can get more, some more of those in a little bit.
Um, I have a question about, you know, it's like you said, it's been scientifically proven that the, a person's own voice is the most healing on their own body. Uh, can you explain a little bit, like, why is that? Like, how does that work? And how is our, and why is our own voice so powerful for our healing? Well, <clears throat> I don't know that I know the full answer to that question, really. I mean, it's sort of a, the mystery of harmonic, so to speak. But I, the way I view it is like, <clears throat> we're eliminating the middleman. You can use a sound machine, you can use crystal bowls, bells, tuning forks. There's all sorts of stuff out there. I've got four or five didgeridoos. I've got bells, bowls, uh, tingshaws. I mean, all sorts of stuff that I use, but they're kind of like icing on the cake. My main focus, it makes me perhaps different from a lot of people that work with sound, is exclusively with the vocal harmonics because I believe well, first of all, the research showed that they're number one. And number two, by the way, that was also ahead of the, uh, the uh, effect of the sound machines, number two were, were acoustic musical instruments when they could be tuned to somebody's signature frequency. So it shows that, that when you have the combination of vocal harmonics, which uh, moves the most energy most powerfully, combined with a person's signature frequency with a di simple diagnostic analysis which reveals which frequencies are strong and which ones are weak in a person's brain can you uh, explain a little bit more into that like what exactly is a diagnostic analysis sure it's like a brain and voice analysis because each person has their own unique signature frequency no two people are alike and that's the key and it you know when I look back, I've been doing this for 26 years now, and, uh, you know, I'm passionate about it. You know, I feel very blessed and privileged to be able to do this work. And, you know, I've recorded many number of recordings. And, of course, my book, Sound Medicine, kind of lays it out with 48 different exercises to empower people because I was reading on it and trying to find exercises. And, you know, there were some decent books on the subject, but nobody really taught you what to do. So yes. I spent 10 years, four or five years researching and five or six years writing, actually with voice recognition software on my computer, sound medicine with 48 exercises so it could empower people to actually do the methodology and empower themselves and heal themselves. So I want to state that first, but getting back to your question about uh, how or the analysis, the diagnostic part of it, everybody has a unique signature frequency pattern that's unique to them. And it's in your brainwave pattern. It's in your brain because the brain is the home office that runs the, uh, the body. So if it's in your brain, it's also in your voice. Uh, and if it's not in your brain, then it doesn't show up in your voice. So a diagnostic brain and voice analysis is very accurate and very useful. That's like the foundation of this work. And the first thing I do with a client or student is the analysis because then I can have like a blueprint and baseline for their frequency, where they're strong, where they're weak, and where they have an excess of frequency because health imbalances, physical or emotional or whatever, come from either too little frequency or too much, an excess of frequency. Uh, and that's the rub, you know, because when I published my correlative healing chart for sound therapy back in 1993, it's distributed all over the world and people will 
will use it or put it on the refrigerator or something. They'll say, oh, well, F relates to kidneys. Like I, I, I discovered, you know, in healing my kidney stones that I had an excess of F. So if somebody was using my chart, you know, and saying, looking at somebody that has kidney weakness or kidney disease, kidney stones, and they say, oh, Wayne Perry says the kidneys relate to the frequency of and the musical note of F. So let's use F to try to uh, heal this person or treat this person. They're making a big error. They're just kind of winging it because you, without, without an analysis, <clears throat> you don't know if the problem that kidney weakness or kidney disease uh, is from a weakness in F or an excess of F. So you can't just blatantly just use tones from books that you read, even my own chart. Yeah, it's out there to support people, but not in a way that that could be uh, used, uh, you know, to exacerbate a health condition, which would, will happen if, like in my case, if I had an excess of F. So if I was treated with F, it would have made things worse. It would create mm. more F in my brainwave pattern and uh, contributed to uh, worse uh, kidney stones or, or repeated problem, whatever. So that's why it kind of irks me that there's a lot of people out there calling themselves sound healers that might be well-intentioned, but then they're using frequencies, even bells and bowls or vocal or whatever toning, and they don't know what the per, uh, person's frequency is. This is why I get a lot of flack from people because I'm like against these sound baths that are very powerful and mm -hmm. popular right now because everybody wants a quick fix and that's a nice way to relax and enjoy the sound bath and everything. And they don't realize about every week or two, I get at least one person that got their frequencies all messed up from going to a sound bath. And then I got to realign them and do some work with them to, you know, and some people are okay. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to judge anybody's work. That's not what I'm trying to do here. You know, mm -hmm. I respect and honor everybody in the work they're doing, but it's sort of like good news and bad news. The, uh, uh, the good news is that it's a lot better and there's more people have more receptivity to sound therapy than 26 years ago. When I started, the only clients I had were seniors that were kind of fed up with allopathic medicine and drugs and not getting enough benefit and we're looking for some alternatives and everybody else laughed at me they said oh yeah your sound your voice is going to help my arthritis or my tumor or something you know it was a big joke so it was a a long struggle of traveling and making recordings and speaking at health conferences it took a lot of years to to get some credibility so the good news is that now everybody seems to understand that everything is energy and the new physics has shown that, that there's no such thing as solid matter. Everything's vibrating at different frequencies. Right. So there's much more openness. Although a lot of people haven't connected the dots and realized that energy is sound, frequency, vibration, pulsation, it's all the same thing. There's just different facets of the same diamond, so to speak. When we measure the pulsations or vibrations of sound, we see how many times per second in CPS or hertz, how many times it vibrates, which tells us how frequent the vibrations are. And that's what frequency is. It's just simply mm -hmm. how frequent those vibrations are. So some people haven't looked close enough at it. Maybe they're thinking it's gonna get into a lot of uh, physics, scientific stuff that they won't understand. But it's very simple. And that's that the form, this is a principle that people should write down, whoever's listening to this, is that the form, and the density of all matter 
is determined by its frequency. This is the principle. Form and, and, and density is a better word than solidity because there's really no such thing as mm -hmm. solidity. Nothing is solid, but things have varying degrees of density. And so the more density, the more solid appearing. Like, for instance, our bones right. have the most density in the body. And so that, but it's not solid. It just has the most density. Mm -hmm. And then the blood and fluids have uh, much less density because it's higher frequency sound, the mm -hmm. blood and fluids. So you can't determine the form. You know what the form density of a, of a bone or a tooth. But when you look at at the fluids in the body and say, well, what's the shape of your blood? I mean, you can't answer it. The shape is determined by your skin and your skeletal structure because now we've uh, entered the frequency realm of the amorphous. Mm -hmm. And so the amorphous means that the form and uh, form is shaped by the container it's in. If you have a pitcher of water and you dump some water on your kitchen floor, you can't predict the exact form it's gonna make, a puddle, two puddles, a string of droplets, so because it's in the amorphous. And so we have to look at our bodies in the same way. We're a mixture of lower and higher frequency sound. And so the amorphous is, is a higher frequency than the physical, but then the emotional is a higher frequency than the physical because it's mm -hmm. connected to the astral. And then we get into the metaphysical that moves into the mental and the causal, and then ultimately the spiritual. But mm -hmm. only the spiritual, which exists within every living human being, is an infinite frequency. That's the drop of the ocean that's within our body, the soul frequency. All these other bodies and, and uh, physical, emotional, causal, mental, these are all finite. So, you know, that's what I love about sound too. You can explore any aspect of the metaphysical i'm happy to explore and discuss because it tells us about you know the air we breathe the food we eat there's frequencies to food i mean mm -hmm. i i can i love discussing these things because if people take the time to explore it then they realize they can be a being of sound body as i like to say mm -hmm. and really yeah. empower themselves yeah, I mean, that was my main motivation for creating this whole podcast is to cover all these different topics that, you know, that everything does have a vibration and that when we start being aware of the vibrations that we're putting into our body, that we're listening to, that are in our environment, the colors that we wear, the smells, like everything, like you're saying, really does come down to that vibration that has an impact on our own unique vibration and finding out those particular things that really support us in our optimal health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love what you were sharing. So what is like, what are, when people start to work with you, like what are they looking for or what is your like ideal client or are there certain things that people are maybe struggling with that your work would be really helpful with? Well, just about anything. I mean, I get people that have some catastrophic illnesses uh, that they're working on different things. I have a couple of cancer patients that I'm working with. I just had some success with a lady that got remission from breast cancer. I'm mm -hmm. working with some other cancer patients. I mean, you never know. There's no guarantees because I've healed so many things myself. I mean, I healed my kidneys after being on dialysis for a year back in 2011. They told me I'd be on dialysis the rest of my life. And I healed it to their amazement 
you know, within one year, once I got them to take me off the machine for a week and mm -hmm. I lowered my creatinine level and then they kept me off for two weeks, I lowered it more and then I got off the machine entirely. And that, you know, that was back in, you know, 2011. So it's like now I help, I work with some dialysis patients, but I'd probably say a lot of the clients that I work with are, are just interested in the healing process of empowering themselves or a lot of times are healers themselves or massage therapists, hypnotherapists, Reiki masters, doctors, chiropractors that want to, that are at least open enough to want to expand their view or their practice. So I get, you know, that's quite a variety. I mean, I have parents that bring their kids to me. I've got a lady that brings her son to me that's, that's doing a lot better now in school by understanding and developing more confidence and understanding and is willing to do some toning. A lot of kids aren't, but it's, it's, it's actually, it's a family thing. You know, that's why mm -hmm. I encourage people and families to have uh, support groups or toning groups, toning circles to just kind of open things up and it, it opens up creativity of expression, the fifth chakra, you know, creativity, a lot of things. Uh, so there's, there's just so many different uh, uh, mm -hmm. and approaches to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I became interested in working with you just because I was curious, you know, I, I thought that I wanted to actually go into music therapy, but then I discovered sound therapy and I was like, that sounds amazing. And so, you know, and reaching out to you and working with you, just really actually using it more for like meditation practices and um, expanding my consciousness and also opening up my expression and my even confidence in speaking, you know, like you were saying, really opening up that, that fifth chakra. And, you know, I now have my own practice where often I'll include in my meditation, just checking in with how I'm feeling, which first of all is a big thing that most people don't ever do. <laughs> it's just like taking that moment to check in and be like, so how's things really going? How am I really feeling? You know, taking that time to slow down. And then, I'll just start making sounds, you know, and just whatever comes through and just allow that to be a practice. And I remember in the beginning, before I really knew what overtoning was, which overtoning is just making two sounds at the same time, whereas toning is like one solid sound, which most people are very aware of, like doing oming in yoga class or something like that. But the overtoning is when you can start to learn how to make two sounds at once, and that can sound kind of weird at first. And three sounds and four sounds. <laughs> right, yeah. And I remember when I first started, I was I had a little bit of that like judgment, right? That you were talking about that you did too. Like this is weird. Like is this really doing anything? And over time, well, fortunately, I also had friends that were interested too. Well, one friend in particular, and we would sit and do toning sessions together, and you know, I feel like there's like a certain amount of time, like maybe like five minutes when you've been toning for that amount of time, something shifts and you can really feel your consciousness expanding and you open up that channel and more sounds come through because you're not stopping them anymore. You're letting go of that judgment. And it becomes more of like a flow of energy. And that's when you can also tap into the emotional part of it. Right. So like, 
I caught myself like really feeling emotion coming through me with the sounds, like some of the lower sounds and pitch would trigger like anger or even grief or sadness. And then if I would make like higher sounds or higher pitched and be more like playful with it, it would be make me like laugh and be really happy. And so I really have incorporated this practice into my life as kind of like a, a cleansing and like a maintenance program, you know, of just like moving the energy through my body, you know, cause there's so many of these emotions and things that we store within us that we don't even realize who knows how long they've been there. And that's what can, you know, lead to other issues of these diseases and that everyone is, a lot of people are struggling with. And so I think if we all take time to just check in, whether that's through breathing or sound or whatever it is, but just allowing with intention that energy to really keep flowing through us, it's really powerful. And especially the, any tools that you have that are triggering that emotional piece, you know, like with sound where you can really use the frequency and vibration to move that energy, that emotion. And even in sound baths, you know, I've had experiences and I know a lot of other people that have felt different things from being exposed to certain frequencies of, of sound baths and whether that's joy or anger or all these different things. But I think that it's important for people to know that sound is that powerful and that there are specific frequencies that can trigger emotion and keep that energy flowing and to not be afraid of that you know, and to really welcome it as um, a powerful practice to explore. And uh, especially for women, I think, because a lot of women are not comfortable sharing their voices and maybe come from a household or a culture where they were told that their voices don't matter. And so uh, I know a few of my clients have brought that up where they will start feeling a lot more confident just in speaking up in their lives after doing these toning practices or singing practices of really gaining that confidence just because it, it on an energetic level, it is opening up your, your throat chakra. And so that's another really powerful thing that I've discovered in this work as well. Well, we're all emotional beings. So that's one of the wonderments of sound is it connects us to feeling an emotion. Like you're saying, some sounds can make you laugh and giggle, which is can be very healing. And some sounds can actually be kind of scary or confusing. So a lot of emotions can come up. But I think, you know, the important thing, what you're saying is like, we're all repressed. Like you're, there's a lot of emphasis on the women because in a lot of ways, politically and in the patriarchal society we live in, women are repressed in a lot of ways. So I under, totally understand that as a great boon uh, for women using sound and, and toning. However, at the same time, if you look at it, you know, a, a slightly different way, uh, women are more expressive than men emotionally. Men don't mm. express their emotions. So when women get into this, they, they make very you know, rapid progress, generally even, you know, more progress than men make because they're more in touch with their emotions. So if they're not just repressed from a family or social situation, they, uh, you know, they do well. And that's why I always have more females in my workshops than men, because men aren't as willing to express themselves, maybe even not as willing 
and open to change as, as women. And as we're, I think, moving into this, this goddess revolution, which I think is good to integrate and bring more balance to society. And uh, in the long run, it'll help men once they stop resisting it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, you can look at gender, but, you know, the soul has no gender. But socially, you know, it's helpful and useful to look at the benefits that women can get from it and then also the benefits of men once they get started even if they're dragged to the workshop by their wives or something <laughs> <laughs> you know the benefit too it's just uh, mm -hmm. women seem to be a bit more responsive at this time and space here mm. yeah i could i could see that for sure uh, one thing I wanted to ask too is, you know, if people are listening to this and they're getting intrigued and interested in using their own voice and starting to do that, like what would be some way that they could just begin, you know, and start to practice something that, you know, we've been talking about? Well, <clears throat> I would say that one or two things to do is to find people that like the tone that are also interested and open in doing that, find a toning group or even create your own toning group. I have, I've been doing a toning group here for even longer than the 26 years that I've been doing sound work because it started as, as a support group for people into personal growth and metaphysics. Probably about 28 years ago, I started a, a you know, a monthly group. And then when I added the sound, it kind of morphed into a toning group. But over the years, since a lot of new people come to it, I, I can't just jump in doing toning. I've done that, and I, I lead everybody into toning and close their eyes and like a sonic meditation, as I refer to it. And then people that, that aren't familiar with it, we open our eyes at the end of the toning, and two or three people are gone. You know, it's like, <laughs> boom, like who whatever. are these weirdos? Through the door. <laughs> so now I, I always preface it with some Q and A questions and answers to try to help people to feel more comfortable because there's usually new people that come to my group. But anyway, you know, back to your question, I would say, you know, I have my group in West Hollywood on the third Thursday of the month, you know, and uh, it's 7 PM, the third Thursday. So if anybody is in LA or in the area, they're welcome to come here or go to my website, wayneperry.com, call the phone number, the email, you got to RSVP because I have limited space. But anyway, that's one thing. If it's not convenient for you to come to LA or West Hollywood and you're in outlying areas, just find some people to get together with and do some toning with. And if you get the motivation and, uh, you know, some incentive and clear intention, you can, you can really have fun with it. Uh, so those are some suggestions. And then of course, if you're really serious about sound and how to use it and wanting to use it, I would strongly suggest getting a diagnostic brain and voice analysis because then you, you have a foundation what your frequency is and know what to listen to and what to to tone and release because it's I liken it to food you know it's like we can have the wonder, most wonderful diet in the world but if we don't eliminate that food we're gonna die <laughs> and, and you can have the best elim elimination in the world and do herbs or colonics whatever but if you don't eat you're gonna die so what goes in your body is important. What goes out of your body is equally important. And it's the same thing with sound. Some people want to tone and they don't want to listen to harmonics mm -hmm. and they're not going to get the full benefit. And then some people feel, well, it's easier to just listen and not do anything. 
and they don't get the full benefit. So I try to hopefully walk my talk and inspire people to both listen to harmonics every day, particularly any ones that you're weak in. So you're really growing the harmonics. It's a very tantric experience of lifting the energy up, raising your energy and your frequency, and then toning as often as you can. I mean, if you can do it every day, great. If you're busy and you can only do it, you know, twice a week, whatever. You know, I don't try to, you know, force people into doing too much work and then they throw the baby out with the bathwater and they don't do anything. So I try to create some guidelines and a lot of it's outlined in my book, Sound Medicine, you know, a lot of exercises that mm-hmm. you can do at your convenience and you should notice the results fairly quickly in most people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, and I'll put all of those links in the notes for this program as well so people can find it. And um, one other thing that I, I usually bring up too is, you know, some people are really uncomfortable making sounds at first. And so I've found that like humming, just starting with humming has been really helpful and um, bringing your closing your eyes, bringing your awareness into your body and feeling that vibration in your body that you're creating with your, your humming and playing with the pitch, right? Moving it higher or lower and seeing if you can actually feel within your body that vibration moving within your body and starting to realize, you know, that you're that powerful, that you can really move sound around your body. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's important to be in touch with your sound and in touch with your body. Mm-hmm. That's why I classify the sound with the three R's. You know, right. you the first R is relaxing sound, which is to calm and soothe the body. But there's a lot of people out there, you get new age musicians trying to market their musician their music and calling it sound healing when it's not sound healing it's you know it's relaxing music and or relaxing sound it doesn't even have to be music you could listen to ocean waves or birds chirping or any number of sounds some people it's subjective some people like white noise machines that helps them sleep or meditate where another person it might keep them up all night so it's very subjective so i recommend people go with what they find relaxing. And again, it's like food, what goes in and what goes out. So when it's listening, just what relaxes you? Is it classical music or is it jazz music or is it ocean waves or whatever it is? Listen to relax, preferably harmonics, if you're advanced enough to listen to harmonics, because much like uh, an opera singer can shatter a crystal wine glass like Caruso did by a sustained high-frequency pitch that, uh, sustains the frequency of the wine glass and it begins to vibrate and if it's sustained it will eventually shatter the glass well similarly the harmonics within the voice are an in- innate and natural way to shatter subtle energy crystallizations in the body that cause tension stress and lead to disease so mm-hmm. that's what moves it up to uh to well to the third hour but i haven't even talked about the second hour first <laughs> relaxing sound and that's great for setting the environment for healing but it's in and of itself it's not really healing if you have a healing from relaxing sound it wasn't the relaxing sound give yourself the credit it was like combination of your intention your awareness your karma and things just happen to pop but it mm-hmm. wasn't the relaxing sound uh in my opinion anyway and so that brings us to the second hour which is release sounds and release sounds are very different because uh, re- release sounds are not to relax the body, it's to cleanse the body. 
So when we make those sounds that you're referring to, when you are feeling emotion or you're expressing, uh, you're moaning or groaning or laughing and crying, or even the subtle ones of sighing, and, and uh, uh, these are all um, release sounds. And they help in their own way, not for relaxing, but that's the elimination part of sound, where you're releasing the junk, the stuff that you don't need. And you should be doing that every day. I mean, we, we do do it inherently, just like we breathe subconsciously or unconsciously. We do this when our voice is raised, when we get excited in our voices range our emotions come into our voice. I mean, we're automatically doing it, whether we're aware of it or whether we call it toning or not. It is toning in my definition of toning. But we live in a time now where the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, everything is so getting so toxic. Even eating fruits and vegetables and good, healthy, high-frequency food and soil that's getting polluted and depleted you know, so we've got to do more. And that's where sound comes in, that if we do some toning, even like you said, starting with some humming and you don't have to be an expert and be a chief overtoner or something, you know, just start anywhere. Just be making sound to be releasing in your own way and then try to listen to some harmonics, get some, you know, recordings or live or whatever. You can hear some harmonics and, uh, and get involved. And I think people will notice you know, a difference, and then they can explore deeper to get into mm -hmm. some of the exercises like toning your chakras or doing pain release work mm -hmm. or understanding the frequencies of food, <coughs> right. which is a big topic that I'm going to be talking about soon on Facebook because so many more people are becoming, you know, vegans and eating healthier, and it's good, but most people don't understand the frequencies of food. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first went to one of your workshops, that was one of the things that you ex, um, just demonstrated was like toning into an apple and how you can change the frequency of your food. And I know like whenever you eat a, a meal, you'll, you're beginning like prayer, I guess you could say, is like you're toning into the food and it, how it really does impact the overall frequency of that food before you put it into your body, which is so fascinating that we have the ability to impact the frequency of food <laughs> with our own voice, you know, which is really cool. The whole process. It's also to just be grateful for the food and not take so much for granted. Like we take our breath and our life and so many things for granted since being in a coma for 30 days and sound therapy along with God's grace saving my life. I mean, I just, very, I live in deep gratitude every day. I thank the Lord from morning till night for just to be alive and to be able to use my voice and to be able to be of service to people and, and, and even toning your food, you know, you're, you're expressing appreciation, you're blessing it, you're lifting the frequency. There's a lot of subtle things involved. That's just kind of a, I guess you could call it kind of a lifestyle. Yeah. Beautiful. <clears throat> Yeah, I feel like we could talk forever, but <laughs> that's like, I think that's a lot of information to start out with for people to digest and they, you know, can find you online if they're wanting to learn more. And again, like your book is an amazing resource for anyone to start on their own path of just trying these different exercises that you've outlined very clearly in the book. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to thank you so much for taking your time 
And also thank you for being a pioneer, you know, in, in this field and really dedicating your life to this. And, you know, even when it wasn't a common thing, you know, like everyone's talking about sound healing now, it's kind of blown up in the last couple of years, but not in the way that you talk about it, which is, I think, amazing in that it's empowering people, right, to use their own voice. And with that, we can really learn how to be our own medicine, you know, use our own voice. And it's not necessarily the passive way of just laying down and listening to a sound bath, you know, which is great, like you're saying, can be very relaxing. Uh, but this added piece of really actually healing yourself of some serious ailments like you have, you know, it's totally possible. And um, yeah, so thank you for doing your own research and getting all of this out into the world so that other people can benefit from it as well. Well, you're most welcome. And thank you for sharing this and making your effort to put this out there. I wish you a lot of success with it. <clears throat> and if people please give them my website, it's just very simple, wayneperry.com. I have a mm -hmm. website now was redesigned actually about a month or two ago before I went to Taiwan, which I should also mention if this goes out to anybody internationally, I'll mm -hmm. I got my tickets for China already. I was invited based upon the, the great response I got in Taiwan and my book being published in Chinese. Now I've been invited to Shanghai and Hong Kong and I got my tickets. I'm leaving on Labor Day for mm -hmm. Shanghai and do a workshop and spend a week there and then going to Hong Kong. So if anybody's in the neighborhood, just <laughs> they actually, my contact, uh, I have a kind of a manager out there handling my work in the Far East and her uh, email is on my website. So you can contact her. She's a lovely lady named Amita and she handles my uh, schedule over there, private sessions and workshops and everything. So. That's want to mention great. that to you as well as your audience so that mm -hmm. you know, people know about it. But Beautiful. And also people should know that you can do a voice diagnostic analysis remotely. So people can call you from anywhere and you can do an analysis for them. So if anyone's interested in figuring out which frequencies you have in excess and which ones you don't have enough of so that you can really come up with your like prescription of what sounds you should be listening to and making and which releasing sounds you should be doing to really balance out your frequencies would be of benefit to anyone. So you can also reach out to Wayne if you're interested in, in doing something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. The first half of my career, I didn't do this by phone. It was all <clears throat> live, but now the, the improvement of the technology, I have a good phone that uh, reproduces the voice and the sound and the harmonics and everything. So I, I have, people that call me from England and South Africa and stuff. And I tell them it's going to be an expensive phone call, but <laughs> not as expensive as coming to Los Angeles. And, and plus nowadays you can do this stuff like we're doing on yeah. video and, and zoom and, mm -hmm. and messenger and all this other stuff. So it's getting easier. <clears throat> awesome. All right. Well, let's end it there. And thank you again so much. And if anyone else is interested in learning more, just check out the links that I will provide with this, this podcast. And have an awesome night. Thank you so much, Wayne. You're welcome. Anytime you need me, I'm here for you. All right. Thank you.
Bye, Ann. Bye-bye. Just going to close out this podcast with one of Wayne's recordings from his CD, Enchantment. This is the chakra chant, and it goes through all of the vowels to help balance each of your chakras. Oh, yeah.